Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Kittitas Valley Sports Talk Podcast. We're your home for Wildcats, Bulldogs, Warriors, and Coyotes. The place to go for the latest sports news on all your favorite local sports teams. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack or beverage, and enjoy. Now here's your host for your Kittitas Valley Sports Talk, Luke Olson, John Gudat, and Eric Sorensen. Welcome back, sports fans, to our third episode of the Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. I am Eric Sorensen, joined as always by John Gudat and Luke Olson. And fellas, I'm so happy to see John was able to find its way back here after riding the bucking bowl. Back to the studios in one piece. You know, when you say riding a bucking bowl, that's kind of taking some creative liberties. Um, I'm glad I did it in the bucket list bull riding. I got to send a shout out to Matt Webb. Uh, web power sports and daniel beard daniel beard rodeos uh an incredible event and the way they morph that uh arena into a motocross track and leave some space for bull riders us bull riders of course i'm going to lump myself into that um just a great event i didn't do very well in the bucket list bull riding but after two attempts in two years i'm retired somebody we're gonna have to find a new hero i think luke olson looked really good on a bucking bull no, I don't. I'm not sure if I'd be into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm pretty sure that, and I'm pretty sure you were in the over on the 3.5 seconds. And if you weren't, then we'll just leave it. You, you know, <laughs> um, we'll say that. I clearly am lying when I say that, but um, I appreciate that confidence. That's right. Well, sports fans, we we are very honored today, and we're going to do this more often. We have a guest in the house, the Big Country Studios, in the house, Jonathan Gordon, known as the Guru. He was the SID at Central Washington University. Now he's the voice of the Bulldogs. You know, when you're out at Kittitas, Gudat's voice reigns all over Kittitas. But on a clear night in Eberg, Gordon's voice reigns over Ellensburg. Thanks for joining us, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Hey, you know, last week I said it was a redemption episode. I was wearing the Gardner Menchie jersey. Today I'm wearing my Mariner's Teal, which is the best jersey they ever had. Felix Hernandez, guys, the king. Career might not be over, but pretty safe to say he's done in Seattle. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I'd like to see him finish his career in Seattle. Um, doesn't look like that's going to be it. And uh, the way he went out, though, uh, watching a lot of videos, seeing a lot of pictures, reading a lot of stories, uh, kind of got to you a little bit. Yeah, it was pretty pretty remarkable. It's crazy. Like, I think he started pitching in 05. Yeah, he was he was Jeez. wasn't I, even twenty yet. I remember going to spring training when he was like eighteen, getting his autograph, and he was just like this skinny kid with curly hair, and yeah, it's quite a career. Yeah, I had very mixed emotions on that night watching it. It was really emotional. It was awesome, and it was a, a career wasted in my opinion. And the fact that how many one run games did he lose? But it was on the other. It's a it was. He's done so much for the city of Seattle. And that night you also heard about how many things he's done for everybody around. I mean, he went to the clubhouse manager's wedding. He, he, got, he didn't just send a gift. He actually went to it. And he's a Seattle icon. I mean, he's up there with everybody. It's too bad that he was not able to win the World Series here. Is he one top top three greatest manners of all time? Oh, that's a good conversation. He's got Griffey, Edgar, Edgar each Bone. Bone. Oh. Top five? Yeah, I'm putting top three. We give top five. Top five? Yeah. yeah. I think top five. We can go with that. Okay. Well, unfortunately, though, I mean, fall's here. We love the fall. I love the fall, I guess, at least I can say it. It's the best sports watching month. You got the playoff baseball starting. High school football's going. College football's, in my opinion, the best. 
Uh, pro football is going big guys like me. It's getting colder. So we have to quit sweating all the time, which is great. <laughs> you know, uh, we got playoffs going on. Another big story going is, uh, we saw some articles coming out that Mr. Brock Revey has a shot at the starting lineup this year. I think he has a good shot. Um, I, uh, you know, when he's at the that college level, I'm sure their um, their conditioning is pretty darn incredible. Um, I know in Kittitas, her conditioning was in pretty intense, but at the elite D1 level that Gonzaga's at, you know, they've got incredible trainers um, and the, just the ability to morph these recruits into whatever they want them to be. So uh, craziness in the kennel is coming up here pretty soon which is their literal kickoff and, and uh, looking forward to seeing if he doesn't start looking forward to seeing what he can do. Yeah. I know they have a, a few, I think they brought in a few transfers. So I, I think he'll get playing time. I'm not sure if he'll start, but I think he's going to go in there and, you know, be a backup or you never know. So. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see. I know the, the Zags have a lot of, a lot of pieces uh, that they lost, you know, to the NBA and so on after last season. Uh, and I had seen the same that, you know, that, that Brock, you know, could have a chance at starting and uh, obviously some, some big shoes to fill regardless. Um, but there is, you know, I looked at a preview magazine even last night and I think they had the Zags at like 10 or 11 uh, going into the season. So that'd be, it's pretty big spotlight regardless because of the, the, the standard that, that Mark few has, has set over there at Gonzaga and, uh, so it'll be again, pretty, pretty big spotlight for him to walk into, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited, excited to see him, uh, see what he can do and, and hopefully, uh, get Gonzaga back to a final four. Oh man. Plus, I mean, college basketball is fun to watch and throughout the winter, you know, it's kind of terrible once football season's over with and it's cold and the nights are, it's always when you come home and it's dark at four 30, but at least you got Gonzaga basketball to look forward to this year. Sports fans. Uh, let's cover a little bit. We talked last week about the local high school volleyball teams. Uh, Ellensburg Volleyball routed El- Othello. They beat him three games to none. And that was a big win. Puts Ellensburg at 5-1 and one in the season. Yeah, yeah, they're off to a pretty good start. You know, even with, you know, they lost Tia and Daya to Gonzaga, but they have a pretty good freshman. Abby Harrell mentioned her. But they have a lot of seniors. They got like eight or nine seniors, so they're they're kind of gelling together pretty well. Yeah, it looked like Abby Harrell had four aces and seven kills on the night. Yeah. Uh, Ellensburg will host Wapato High School at 7 p.m. October 1st. The other, yeah, yeah, the other one was Kittitas Volleyball went down to Goldendale. They lost that match three games to none. Uh, Kittitas served 95% as a team. That's pretty dang good. That, yeah. And Goldendale actually, um, I think uh, volleyball is one of their better sports that Goldendale focuses on. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think they moved back up to the 1A league mm-hmm. uh, this year. 1A. So that's a, that's a, when they're in the B schools, they're probably one of the biggest B schools in the state, and uh, they're back up to the 1A. So that's going to be a tough matchup. And so my hat's off to them for for scheduling that, keeping that on the schedule. Oh, that's great. I wonder if they got to stop at that McDonald's like you talked about. This is the <laughs> biggest thing in Goldendale, man. Uh, Taylor DeConian led the team with 14 kills and 12 digs. And it looks like LaSalle, they beat Cleveland Rosin volleyball uh, three games to none also. Uh, the Warriors take on Granger High School at 6.30 at home on Thursday, October 3rd. And to go along with the fall, uh, playoff baseball starts. we got wild card games. Brewers-Nationals, first game. And then another game in the American League for the National League is the Tampa Bay Double Rays versus the Oakland Athletics. Who do you guys got in that? I like the Brewers, and I like the A's. I'm always going to vote for the small market teams, always. 
Well, you got to keep in mind, Tampa Bay is kind of a, a little bit of a small market team too. You got two of the worst stadiums in uh, <laughs> in baseball to the to the programs or teams that that could get uh, you know relocated if they're to if they're to do that. Um, you know, I think National League. I think the Brewers have been playing real well down the stretch. Um, I'm not sure. I, I would expect the Nationals might go with Max Scherzer, and he's he's always a tough uh, tough guy to beat, um, especially if, you know being in in DC um, and the Brewers playing without Yelich. Uh, you know, for however long they go in the playoffs, be it one game or all the way to the series. And so uh, it's a toss up for me. I think the Nats might have have it just man, maybe a late inning magic. I don't know. Uh, you know, Rays and Rays and A's could go either way. Um, I, I think personally looking ahead a little bit, I you know, the Astros are, are, are proven to be pretty tough, uh, you know, with a formidable three man uh, rotation. So I kind of like them out of the AL uh, as much as it. It pains me to say it. I think the Dodgers are are head and shoulders the best team in the in the National League. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those would be my picks going into the going into the postseason. But uh, uh, again, that's why you play the games, especially these wild card rounds and so on. You get you know it's it's a one and done, and and then uh, then those five game series for the the divisional series. So be, it'll be interesting to see how it how it all uh, all plays out. Mm-hmm. You think they should extend that wild card game? I mean, you think it should be like best of three? One game seems pretty tough. It does. I, I think a three-game series isn't isn't a terrible idea. I mean, because there's you know so so much of a, an ado about making the playoffs. Well, for two teams, or I guess two teams in each league, four teams total, that's a one-game postseason. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like that one sixty-three tiebreaker game in a sense. From you know, you get two teams that that tie for the last playoff spot or tie for a division title, where there's not a wild card option there. You know, it's it's almost like a game one sixty three. I mean, sure they get to move on to the next thing, but you're right. It's it's maybe a best of three would be would be a good option. Um, but then if you're a team that's already advanced past that, you also have to take a look at it from that perspective: is how much extra uh, time off are you going to have between the end of the regular season? You know, that's basically an extra probably three or four days that you're buying for those teams uh, that have already advanced to that next round. Is that too much of a break. I mean, so that's, that's very, very interesting conversation. And, 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 you know, with commissioner Manfred and, and a lot of things that they've got going on in, in major league baseball right now, they're, they're talking about a lot of changes. And so whether the postseason format is, is part of that, I'm not sure, but um, that that's, it is, it's an interesting conversation to have one versus three for, for a wild card series. And uh, uh, you know, there's obviously pros and cons of both. Yeah. I, I'm always a fan of more baseball games, but I do like the loser out fact of the pucker factor. And the, the butterflies in your gut when you're watching that, you're like, well, if you don't win this, we'll get reduced. But as long as they keep it, their blowouts, it's boring. But you know, a one game playing game is always fun when it's a one run game too. And the other thing is, is with your with your one game, you know, wild card, you know, it's a lot of teams. Are you going to send your ace out? Right. You know, like I was saying with you know, maybe with Max Scherzer for Washington. You know, are you going to are you going to send a guy you know guy out there? Because then what that does is when you get to the next round, that kind of throws off your rotation a little bit. You know, if you only do a one game thing, because if you throw your ace in the wild card game, you know, he's not going to be able to come back till game three, game four right. of that of that BS, um, or he comes back on shorter rest. And, you know, so that, that's again, there's there's pros and cons of both sides. And, and right. uh, that, I'm interested to see how it, how it goes. Who do you got pick winning these games? The, I'd probably take, uh, I like the Nats. Okay. And I'm going to go with the A's. I like Bob Melvin, you know, former right. Rams guy. So perfect. But yeah. I'm going to go with the Brewers because. I was really rooting for them last year and hope that they can make it. And 
I've just never been a fan of Tampa Bay, Oakland. Uh, Billy Bean needs one. He needs to get a World Series victory under his belt. So that'd be perfect. Well, let's roll into high school football. We'll start off with Cleelum. Last week, they lost to Natchez Valley 37-7. to It was Natchez's first win in the season. Unfortunately, there was no other details reported to Cleelum. Or reported, Cleelum travels to Goldendale for this week's game. And let's go. We'll roll on to Kittitas. Uh, unfortunately, Kittitas lost to White Swan Friday, 38-6. to uh, The score... The one score by Kittitas was a big run by senior Dawson Byers for the first touchdown of the season. Uh, you guys were out there to see that game. Would you? Would you take from it? You know, this is uh, yet another game that I've watched. You know, I've I've seen them all, all, all three games for Kittitas, and and uh, pretty tough, pretty tough to watch that. Uh, they've been outscored. Um, I hate to say it, but I think it's been 144 to 12, and so that's just. They're already dealing, you know, they got a thin lineup. They're, they got injuries. Um, I saw Blake Catlin, quarterback, uh, get hurt in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, they were playing without Josh Ross back, uh, who was dealing with some injuries. So, um, you know, kind of tough to see it. I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. I know these kids are working, but I'm just trying to, trying to see the light. And uh, I think it's going to be a rough season. Yeah, I mean that was my first time watching them, and kind of rough. Third down was really a killer for them, but uh, like Dusty said, you know, they're dealing with a lot of injuries, so they'll just kind of have to rework their way back you know, through the season. Well, Kittitas takes on Coopville actually this Saturday. I would assume that's because of travel. They probably got a long ways to get here on Saturday. I believe that's a three o'clock start. Yeah, three o'clock kickoff. Uh, Coopville's gonna have a long road trip. I'm assuming they're doing that early in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, they're two and two. I've looked at their schedule, it, you know, that, that area over there, it's just a mix of B's and one A's and, and uh, two A's. And so honestly that two and two is pretty battle tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about our picks here in a little bit, but uh, I'm glad Kittitas is at home yet again uh, for the third straight week. Glad it's at uh, glad it's a Saturday afternoon kickoff that gives us one more day before, uh, you know, guys that are banged up, uh, give them one more day of rest before they have to play again. So I have high hopes. I just know that uh, we need to right the ship a little bit. Yeah, it looks like Coopville, they're in the freelance football league. They're sitting in first place. Their losses were to Port Townsend and Friday Harbor, but they beat Vashon Island and LaConnor. Um, yeah, hopefully they can uh, go out there and take care of business. I and, mean, you know, it's hard football to be school being hurt, but, you know, sometimes you just got to fight through those things. Yeah, let's roll into Ellensburg. They had a good week. They got their first dub of the year, defeating Afreda 18-6 Friday night on the road. Brendan Swanson had two receiving touchdowns and received a Yakima Herald's Republic game ball. That was pretty cool to see him up there with everybody else. He also returned an interception for a touchdown, but was brought back due to a penalty. Bryce Messner had a receiving touchdown and recorded two sacks for Ellensburg. That was a good good win for those guys. Yeah, Afreda Afraid has been uh, been a one of the tougher teams, at least in the what's the CWAC North of the past couple of years. Uh, so for for Ellensburg to go over there and, and, and get a win, uh, maybe not as as convincing score wise as as you might think, but you have to take a look at who Ellensburg opened the season with. You know, they they opened with with Royal at home and only lost by five, uh, a team that has beat them by thirty plus the last couple of years, and obviously they're perennial one A powers. 
uh, go down to Zilla, you know, and play close, you know, close with them. And, and then, you know, Eastmont, I mean, playing two classifications up, even though they were at home, I mean, that was, that was a pretty tough, tough challenge for them. So for them to, to get that first victory, I mean, the, the one and three record is very deceiving because of whom they've played, uh, you know, two top five teams in, in one A and then, then the four the A game. And you have to keep in mind also, they have a new, new coach, uh, you know, Jeff Zanasek, who's got, you know, longtime ties to, to Ellensburg through, through being at central, um, you know, he, he obviously is bringing in his style and, 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 and things that he wants to accomplish, but also having to kind of mesh with, you know, obviously the schedule that was, that was set forth, you know, before he even got here, uh, as well as the personnel and, and, you know, the Bulldogs strengths have been, you know, have been in the running game, you know, last year they used a two, two quarterback, you know, they kind of alternated quarterbacks with, uh, Helgeson and then Ryan Ferguson, who's, who's their starter this year, this year has pretty much been a one quarterback um you know operation they've dealt with some injuries early on um you know to some key guys with experience and and so for them to get that first win uh last week against Efreda um I think this week you know with East Valley coming in uh for homecoming is that'll be a big you know a big game um you know I think East Valley's improved this year and 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 could give them a challenge as far as the North Division is concerned but also they have to they have to look at it from the perspective of what they've got on on the horizon after this week with road games at Prosser and Othello the next two weeks, you know, the Prosser one's a non-leaguer. Um, but, uh, but nonetheless, this is an opportunity for, the, for them to build off that momentum uh, that they got, you know, with the win over Freda and, and some close games early on in the season, they can build off that. Um, and again, being a divisional, you know, divisional game, they've got a chance to go two and zero at the midway point of, uh, of the league schedule. That's uh, should put them in a good position for, you know, for later on in the year. Well, it looks like they had a East Valley. They they lost to a one A LaSalle, who's pretty much their I'd say powerhouse in the one A. They become a very good football program. They beat Natchez Valley forty two nothing, and then lost an overtime game forty one thirty five to Toppenish. Uh, let's see. Uh, Friday night they beat East Valley, huge victory over Grandview. They beat them forty two to seven. Looks like they have a pretty high powered offense when they're going. Last Friday, Aiden Estel, their QB, was ten for seventeen for two hundred fifteen yards. He also had 31 yards rushing. Eric Vaccaro, sorry if I didn't say it right, had six catches for 146 yards on the day. Wow. That's nice. Well, let's roll into an unfortunate Saturday night. The first time they beat Central at home since, what we say, 98? 98, yeah. Central lost to Western Oregon uh, 36-26. What do you think, Luke? Uh, I don't know. They need to... They need to stop the run. That's kind of been a pretty, it's been a big issue of them. I think they're averaging big issue for them. I think they're giving up like an average of 275 yards a game. I mean, giving up 300 yards last week is you're not going to, you're not going to win a football game doing that. I mean, same thing with Ferris. Ferris ran over, ran over for 300, not 300 yards. So we'll see. I go to West Texas A&M. A&M kind of spoiled the Thomason Stadium opener, I believe, last year. Yes, yeah, so, you are very much correct. So they they could be looking for some revenge, but it's going to be tough going over there and the kind of issues they're dealing with right now. Yeah, this won't be their stadium opener, but obviously West Texas has their their new stadium that looks pretty pretty darn cool uh, in pictures. Uh, Jonathan, I know you were there when uh, they used to play in the Bro Kimbro, um, which was a huge stadium for D two, but definitely needed some some love. And so, but. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, West Texas is 3-1. and one. Their only loss is the Tarleton State, which Tarleton is ranked fourth in the in the country this week. I mean, that's 
Um, if you're only going to lose to the number four team in the in the country, then obviously that shows maybe you're pretty good on your other other three wins. They West Texas beat Western New Mexico a little bit more convincingly than than Central did. But yeah, you're spot on. We're giving up, uh, you know, we're uh, we're giving up 275 yards on the ground, and Western Oregon had 328 on us a couple of days ago. And something's gonna have to something's gonna have to give. It's it's interesting, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, and I can kind of bring this historical perspective a little bit, but um, you take a look at the teams, the strong teams that Central's had in, in recent memory, and, you know, since we've all been been following them and so on. And and defense has kind of been the strong that's this led them to success. And, and they're going through some struggles right now. I mean, they gave up 41 points against Idaho. They gave up 62, a school record uh, to Ferris State. And then they gave up, I think it was 20, what, 27 at Western New Mexico. And then they gave up 36 against Western Oregon last week. Um, you know, the run defense, you know, Western Oregon is a team that normally tries to run the ball against Central, doesn't have a lot of luck. I mean, they've, they're they normally in that, you know, under 50 yards, sometimes even negative yardage rushing wise. So when Central's defense is clicking, uh, you know, they're they're able to, to really shut down that run and, and are forcing them into a lot more throwing downs. It sounds like Western Oregon had a, a decent balance of both um, this last week. But again, you know, they were able to kind of run roughshod on, uh, on the Wildcats a little bit, and that's uh, that's uncharacteristic for for central programs, at least in in, in recent history. So, um, you know, and the way they've got they don't have an easy schedule coming up either. You know, we mentioned West Texas and and how strong they are. Uh, again, they're gonna have a five o'clock you know a night game down down there in their brand new stadium. Um, they've played some formidable opponents so far, and coming home and and, and facing Azusa Pacific for home you know for homecoming. You know that's no easy task either. Uh, you know the GNX had a rough start to to the football season. Um, I think Azusa just got their la- their their first one of the season last last weekend at Simon Fraser. Uh, you know Western Oregon beat Azusa the week before they beat Central, and both of those were road wins. Um, you know, and and then they've got so they've got Simon Fraser at home this week, which you know so they'll you know almost yeah. certainly be three and zero in in league play to you know at the midway point for them and. Um, so obviously, you know, central's got to take it one week at a time. You know, they, they're still, uh, you know, they've got, uh, Michael roots is doing a fantastic job running the football, you know, Jeanette, uh, player of the week, two weeks ago, I think it was, um, and, and four, was it four touchdowns this last weekend? Four. Yeah. yeah he scored all the, all the, the points, uh, at least aside from kicking, um, you know, for central, but you know, they're going to need to get some, a little bit more, I think out of their passing game. Um, you know, and, and I didn't see this last week's game. I saw the fair state game, uh, you know, and, and Cannon Racanelli, you know, has, has had a little bit of a rough start to his, uh, career passing wise, you know, right around 50%, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, didn't, was not overly impressive against fair state. Um, they brought in, uh, Christian Moore and, and he seemed to get things going for him in the second half of that particular game. Um, I think, I think Cannon, uh, you know, was a little bit closer to 50% last week. Um, but again, when the defense isn't able, you know, wasn't able to shut, you know, shut the wolves down. Um, you know, it, it just, it wasn't, it's, it's not the recipe that they're, they're looking for right now. And, you know, and hopefully for, for first year coach, Chris Fisk, you know, they'll, they'll be able to turn things around here in the second half of the season. You know, they're going to have two games with Simon Fraser, uh, you know, they'll have a rematch game with, with Western Oregon with an opportunity to spoil their homecoming here in, in three weeks. Um, you know, and so so there's I think there's the potential there, but it's going to start with the defense and, and making some stops and 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 finding their groove offensively as well. Yeah. Well, it looks like they're going to have 
you know, their hands fully. It's a, it's a tough trip going down there. They got running back Duke Carter. He has 125 yards in the season with one touchdown. Uh, and Carter had a banner day against us last year. Okay. I specifically remember that dude. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Johnson, four touchdowns in the season. Uh, let's see, on 52 yards. I'm assuming he's probably going to be your goal line guy. Yeah. He probably comes in and lays a hit. Their quarterback, Nick Gerber, 463 yards in the season, two or three touchdowns, longest of 67 yards. Um, they got a whole fleet of receivers. I'm not even, I'm apologize to him. I'm, I can't pronounce his name probably correctly, but Samaj Mitchell, uh, 132 receiving yards on the season, 48 longest. Then they got a whole bunch of dudes that kind of goes down there. So it looks like their passing attack's going to be pretty Mike Leach esque with a bunch of targets. Uh, the one thing that's kind of sticking out to me, Punt returns, kick returns. They got a guy, Tobias Harris. He has 191 yards on punt returns. Kick returns, 256 yards with a touchdown. So they might have their special teams dialed in a little bit down there. Let's see. what What's that a start? We got a Saturday, 5 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. So hopefully Wildcats will be watching on the stream. Hopefully you guys can catch them on the stream. Go to the Wildcats website. You can find it there. That's where I'll be watching it. Heck yeah. You know, you got to go down there and, and show the Texas boys what Washington football is all about. They've done a pretty good job in the past of doing that. So, Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get into the fun segment we do every week on our picks. And we'll be talking to you in here in a second. Kittitas Valley Sports Talk would like to take a moment and ask that you check out our Facebook and Twitter page at Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. Also check out our podcasts on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, along with the Anchor app. Just search for Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. All right, so now we're rolling into our picks. Uh, last week, Eric was 5-5 five and five overall to improve to 9-9, which leads the, leads the pack. John... Well, down week four and six to improve to eight and ten, and then I came back with six and four to get to eight and ten, so we're tied there. And so then, nine and nine is the leader. That's pretty, pretty pathetic. Pretty bad. No disrespect, yeah. but that's not good. Hey, five hundred in the major league baseball gets you the Hall of Fame. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Way and, to find. And, and one year got got the Seahawks to the playoffs, right? Seven and nine. Seven and nine. Yeah, okay. So, All right. You go. See the silver lining. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to make it a point. <laughs> not a spread. Obviously, we're not good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in our guest picker, Nate Phillips went five and five. He beat John, so that's all it counts. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> and so uh, this week, so we got Ellensburg. So for high school football, we got Ellensburg versus East Valley. Uh, I'm going to take – Eric, you want to open up? I'll go first. Uh, Ellensburg got their first dub last week. I'm going to go with Ellensburg. I think they're getting rolling. I think they're going to make their playoff push. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, Jonathan Gordon's uh, um, stats and just say they're rolling. Um, they had a heck of a uh, non-league schedule to prepare them, and they they took care of you right on the road. They're at home. It's homecoming. So extra motivation. Um, I'm saying – Ellensburg over East Valley by 15. Okay. Bulldogs, Ellensburg over East Valley. I'm not going to give you a spread, but. <laughs> All right. Ellensburg. Ellensburg. Yeah. Okay. So now we got Kittitas this Saturday. All right. Coopville, correct? Yeah. Yep. Like Coopville. I got yep. a hat on. We're going Kittitas in this one. Coopville's got a long drive. It's going to be a tough day for them. 
I don't have my coyote hat on that you were pointing, but I got coyote heart. Kittitas gets in the win column over Coopville. I think I'm going, I got to go against the, I'm going against the grain as much as it's going to, uh, people are going to give me a dirty look for it. Um, just looking at the quality of competition that, that Coopville had, um, probably uh, I give them a little bit of an edge, you know, they got a long trip to get here. Um, but I uh, know the Coyotes will get there, just maybe not this week. Okay. Um, and I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with Coopville as well. Um, I think Kittitas is dealing with some injuries, so. I think, uh, yeah, you got to roll with uh, Coopville here. All right. Um, No offense taken, by the way. None taken. (laughs) Um, So now we got Cleelm at Goldendale. At Um, Goldendale. Yeah. I'm still on the – I'm probably going to pick – I am going to pick Goldendale, but Cleelm, if you get the W, I will still hop on your bandwagon next week, but it's a tough place to go play. I'm going to echo that. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm going to have to pick uh, with Goldendale as well. I got to go with Goldendale too. Uh, it's a long, you know, Clay Elm going to Goldendale is, you know, anybody goes from Ellensburg to Goldendale and on at a half hour. I mean, just that alone is, is a long trip. Of course, that does kind of contradict my pick with Coopville against Kittitas. But, uh, you know, given the results that, that Clay Elm's had so far, I think I got to go with the, uh, the host Timberwolves in that one. Yeah, I got to go with Goldendale as well. So now for college, we have Central at West Texas A&M. It's a big game for the Cats. This is a huge game for the Cats. And then I, I am so – it hurts my heart to do this, but I'm probably going to go with West Texas. It's a tough trip. I don't like picking Texas schools because they do think they're better than everybody. I just see it's a hard matchup. And like you said, I'm 8-8, eight and eight and I need to gain some ground. I just changed my mind. Upset special, central on the road. Take it to the uh, bank. I hope, I hope you're right. What's the point? <laughs> By how much? <laughs> by enough to get the W. Um, I'll, you know what? West Texas beat us by two at home. I'm going to say Central beats us, or Central beats them by. Uh, you know what? I'll go with two. It's a game. Central game winning field goal. Yeah. What's that? Game winning field goal. Yeah. Okay. Sure, Gavin Todd. This one's for you. Make <laughs> me correct. I got to go upset special too, I think. It, and I've just, even as we're talking about, it, I'm kind of wavering back and forth. But one thing to keep in mind is, is not this last game, but you know, the last road game, Central went down to Western New Mexico and, and given Western New Mexico, not Calvin, West Texas. But that trip is one of the most brutal trips you'll, you'll make in Division Two to pretty much an outpost, <laughs> outpost town for lack of a better term. Uh, you know, and, and they got a road win there. Um, so the fact that they'll be able to, you know, wherever they fly to is going to be a better situation, um, you know, than, than what they had going to Western New Mexico. And I, I think they can squeak it out. I think they, they hang with the buffs uh, long enough. And, and I agree. I think Gavin Todd, you know, he had a real good game at Western New Mexico. Um, I think they're in a, they're in a position to, to win it, you know, a close game. I, I think the cats will get it. I'm gonna go with West Texas A&M. Um, I think it's just a tough road trip for the Wildcats and they've got some, kind of things working on some things but yeah so now we got uh u-dub at stanford i picked against u-dub last week and that was not a very good decision i think stanford's a that's an easy away game they don't pack that place at all no matter how good they're in the country you know where they're ranked u-dub's they're rolling right now and they're going to go down there and i don't see it being a close game u-dub's going to beat stanford 
Yeah, it's pretty obvious to me. UW convincingly. Um, I thought they handled USC pretty darn well. And uh, I would agree with you. Stanford, that stadium holds like, what, 60, 65,000. There's usually 30. Right. Um, UW. Huskies as well. Uh, again, they are playing well. Uh, they had a good good home win against USC last week, and Stanford uh, almost lost to uh, Oregon State on the road. And and uh, while the Beavers are improved, that was uh, that was and that was a game Oregon State actually should have won probably. Uh, so Stanford's in a little bit of not rebuild mode, but uh, I don't think they're going to put up too much of a challenge against the Huskies this week. Yeah, I hate to say it, but go dogs. <laughs> All right, now since there's no Wazoo game, we're gonna. Pick the Eastern Washington versus Sacramento State at Sacramento. This is a, you know, Eastern dropped a game to Idaho, which shocked the world, I think. Well, at least the world in the big sky. And I think we're all going to probably pick for the same reason because I hope you're listening, Ryan Coon, and you're a Sac State alum, isn't he? He is very much a Sac State alum. So on that note, Eastern's going to win. <laughs> Can we just all agree we're going to take Eastern? I'm going to take Eastern. I also, as much as I love the hashtag stingers up, I got nothing but love for you, Ryan. Uh, Eastern is going to get the dub. Yeah, Eagles, I think are going to build off that momentum of a top 25 win over North Dakota last week. And uh, I got to go Eastern as well. Go Eags. All right. And the last one, we have um, Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks coming off a win of down in uh, Arizona. And they're hosting the Rams Thursday night. I'm a big believer in the Seahawks team this year. They're like the team that, you know, when Pete Carroll's first couple of years here, they're young, they're excited. It's fun football to watch. I think this is part three of a rivalry that got started last year, and it's going to be an awesome game to watch on a Thursday night. But i uh, go with the Hawks. I believe that's, that's the team to beat in the NFL. I'm going to go with the Hawks as well with one caveat. Cooper Cup. He is my starting wide receiver in fantasy football. <laughs> I need him to go for a hundred yards. How about how about six catches, a hundred yards, two touches? Hawks win though. Okay. Yeah, Cooper, we got a lot of love for you putting uh, Yakima Valley on the map. You know, and good things did at Eastern. Uh, and big fan of you as a person, but uh, yeah, I got to go Hawks as well. It's it's an interesting game because it's it's a quick turnaround for both teams. Um, but I think the Seahawks got a, a really good all-around win last week in in Arizona. They got some, you know, they squeaked by for those the, the first couple wins of the season, and uh, yeah, they're just they're just playing really well. And I think this will be a big confidence uh, booster as they go on to you know to the middle part of the season. So I, I say Hawks at home. Yeah, I'm taking Seattle. Yeah, this is a pretty big game. They're both three and one, so this will be nice for the Seahawks to get a win here. Well. That wraps things up for us today. We'd like to thank everybody again for joining us for another episode of Kid House Valley Sports Talk. Again, we'd appreciate you spread the word. Get on Facebook, like our Facebook page. Twitter page will be coming out here this evening. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and, and a bunch more other spots. And, and look, good luck to all the local teams this week, and thanks for listening. <laughs>